Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 716 Hawaii. Joined by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. Armani, how are we doing, my friend? Every time we think the offseason in the NBA may be anticlimactic <laughs> well we haven't even started the offseason yet and we already have a big trade yeah and this sun's owner matt ishbia he is really going for it now so um you know i know we're gonna get into it more i don't really like it per se but definitely you know new owner syndrome he is going for it for sure yeah what do you think yeah uh, you know, it's, it's cool. I feel like this is what we're going to, this is the norm in the NBA. Every team's going to try and make a big splash that wants to compete for a title and make rash, rash decisions. And that's one of them. The sun's got worse, in my opinion. You're going to have no money, no, no depth. And I don't think anybody, I don't think it crossed their anybody's mind when they were watching the suns in the playoffs that, uh, yeah, they need another 20 point per game score. Uh, they're going to have no defense, no depth. So I expect them to move Aiden, by the way. I think they're going to move Aiden to the Mavericks for that 10th overall pick and Tim Hardaway. Wow. And, then I th- and then I think they're going to trade the 10th overall pick for more depth. So, uh, yeah, well, let's let's start there because, uh, you know, this is the kind of blockbuster trade that we would normally, uh, you know, and again, it's right before the uh, draft. So perhaps that's why we see a deal like this happening. But the Washington Wizards are finalizing a trade that, that will become official here uh, to send three-time All-Star guard Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns for a package expected to include Chris Paul, Landry, Shamit, several second-round picks. Amazingly, they didn't get a first-round pick. So several second-round picks and pick swaps. Um, so here's the play for Washington. Again, new uh, GM, new executive vice president of basketball operations, Michael Winger. The deal here is, listen, we're not going to win with this player. We're not going to win with Beal. Huge contract, right, Brandon? This is the this is the kind of contract where, listen, Beal isn't a bad player, but Beal is not a, uh, you know, 250, 200-some-odd million-dollar guy. So they had to move from this contract. The reason that the trade doesn't seem, quote-unquote, fair, and you can talk about this some more, They've had to move his contract, and there's so many, there's not that many teams, A, who want to take on that contract, and B, who would be inclined to uh, trade uh, contracts that would match that. So, again, you know, you have to package Chris Paul's big contract. you got to include Shaman. Yeah. But now Washington can say, okay, let's start from scratch because, again, the worst position you can have is be where Washington was, where you have a 200-plus million-dollar guy who's not a top-10 player. I don't think he's a top-15 player. And you're kind of stuck in this purgatory 
Brandon, from Washington's perspective, maybe let's start there. Do you like this strategy? Do you like them saying, hey, we're not going to win anything with Beal. Let's start off with a clean slate. Well, I think first off, that's why Michael Winger was brought in. I mean, who the GM gave Bradley Beal the Supermax, which he, first of all, did not deserve. And second of all, he got a no trade clause in that Supermax deal of $15 million a year. So that's part of the reason why he was sent to the Suns. He would That's the one of the only teams he would waive his no trade clause to. And Miami, I guess, wanted to pivot toward Damian Lillard, who they think is going to be available on draft night. I mean, a lot's leading up to this draft. This is going to be, we're going to see the most trade blockbuster deals leading up to this draft, I think, ever in NBA history. I think that's how, you know, talented these these players are at the top of the draft. And, you know, Zion's probably going to get moved for the second or third overall pick. That's definitely a move that probably is going to happen if Portland wants it, if they do want to keep Lillard. And if they don't, Lillard could be traded on draft night. Either way, um, you know, Beal's $50 million a year. This just hurts the Suns even more. They don't need scoring. They're going to have the best offense in the league because of those three guys. But still, I mean, they're going to have no defense. I would still take Denver, the Lakers, in four games, honestly, like and the Clippers if they're healthy, like four or five games. I, they're, who's going to be their bench? They're going to have yeah. Uber drivers on their bench. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I'm not kidding. They're going to have no money. So, I mean, it's like, and I do think, like I mentioned Matt, earlier. The Matt, Matt, Matt Ryan showed that you can drive an Uber and play. The <laughs> game, so yeah, they need Matt Ryan. He'd actually be good for them because he can shoot. He's actually really good. Um, but, no, they're going to have to promote some guys from the G League and you know, have a whole roster of G Leaguers and those three guys. So, our money buckets, I mean, this, here's the thing. They went big name hunting here. They've got uh, their big three. We'll see what they do with DeAndre Ayton here. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and those two guys you have, certainly in the playoffs, they were two of the top 10 players, but, you know, two superstars. Beal, I think, as a third option, is pretty incredible. Maybe the third best third guy in the league. But then that's it. Again, we'll see. I have the confidence. Here's what happens, though. And we saw this with the Heat. We've seen this before. When you put together a collection like that at the top of the roster, what you'll be in the market for is guys at the end of their careers, guys chasing a ring, guys who are like, you know, I kind of like Phoenix. I like Scottsdale. It's a fun place. I can play with KD, uh, you know, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. I think they'll have a fourth guy, whether that's DDT Andre or a top 10 pick. Do you like this move for the Suns? Does, does, does this make them close to being a championship team? I think it gives them a chance to compete for a championship. I don't know if you guys remember, but, you know, beginning of the playoffs last this past postseason, the Suns' depth thing scared the heck out of me, and I know it scared the heck out of a lot of us. And it, the same concerns are still there. And you mentioned Bradley Beal potentially being the best third option in the NBA. Skill-wise, yes. He is the best third option in the NBA, but he's never really played this role his entire career and moving him from second to third option where he gets the ball less, where he's more of a spot up shooter. It's going to be an interesting um, dynamic to monitor. I just don't know how they realistically fill out the rest of this roster, given the fact that the second apron is now. $179 $179 million, and their top three are making close to near the second apron just on their own. So we'll see. But, you know, I don't think they match up still with Denver. The rest of the West, I don't know. I, I want to wait and see what happens with free agency and trades before we see who the second team is in the West. It could be the Lakers. 
Um, but I just I want to wait and see what other moves happen. I I don't think it's Phoenix though. I I don't think it's the Suns. I don't think Phoenix. Yeah. By the way, I don't even think Phoenix will make a top six seed. Wow. I don't. Real quick, because I mean, you you yeah. you brought it up. Um, it is hard to go from being a superstar to being the third guy. It was an adjustment for Chris Bosh. It was an adjustment for Kevin Love. It'll be an adjustment. You know, it, these guys are not robots. So you can look at their stats, whether it's 2010 or whatnot, and say, oh, my God, he's now the third option. There's an adjustment process. And by the way, there's no guarantee he'll be good in that role. Again, the, 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 this is a role situation. Can Bradley Beal be happy in that role? We saw that with the Lakers, guys. Russell Westbrook clearly, obviously, very dramatically, publicly, was not a good third option. Now, with the Clippers, by the time he was done here after two years and he signs on for a vet minimum contract, he was just happy to have some kind of a role. But when he came here and he stole the headlines and it was like, wow, the Lakers have a big three, Russell Westbrook is not a third option. Can Bradley Beal be that? We'll find out. But speaking of role players, speaking of guys who have to like know what their role is and can they succeed in that role, and I don't want to just call him a role player because he's in the conversation to perhaps be in the Hall of Fame one day, but I would argue one of the greatest role players in league history. Raymond Green this morning, he opted out. He's declining his $27.5 million player option for the 2023-2024 season and will become a unrestricted free agent. And by the way, as you guys well know, he's represented by Clutch Sports and Rich Paul. We know the love affair or the bromance or whatever you want to call it that Draymond has with LeBron. There was no one who was championing LeBron more during this postseason despite going head-to-head with him than Draymond so Brandon, uh, listen, you 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 know Draymond. You, you talk to him from time to time. Um, you, you know the cat very well. This has been talked about for quite some time. I don't know if the numbers work, but at a certain point in time, some of these guys are just they want to go where they're happy. I do think with the with the exit of Bob Myers, with the way things ended with the Warriors, I think their run could be over. Do we finally see Draymond Green come into Los Angeles? I think there's a large possibility for two reasons. I mean, Draymond's affinity for LeBron is obvious. Uh, they're really good friends, uh, bl- both clutch clients. Um, and remember, six out of what, the 14 players, 12 players on the Lakers team are clutch clients. I mean, you can add a couple more of this free agency. The only guys they're going to look at are pretty much clutch clients. It's going to be Fred Van Fleet, Draymond Green, Gary Trent Jr., all clutch clients, by the way. Um, and they try and keep it in the family. It's more of a family oriented business now, you know, with Jeannie and the bus family, how they started that. Now it's like clutch has been brought into this and it's like a family business kind of dynamic there. Uh, especially with when LeBron is still going to be on the team and Anthony Davis, obviously clutch, uh, you know, he declined his $27.5 million option. Obviously Reeves and Rui are the big names you need to match. But they'll be able to do that and still give Draymond a, uh, a substantial deal. Uh, it wouldn't be to the level that other teams could probably give him. But if he truly wants to be a Laker, you know, that would mean losing D'Angelo Russell. 
but you would get a defensive player of the year candidate and a guy that could really fit in perfectly on any team. Now his offense stinks, right? Like no offense. I mean, yeah. he's, uh, he's, he, he, he make, gets guys open, which is good. And his playmaking's great, but he's not a good shooter. Um, and that's a problem, especially on a Lakers team that really doesn't have shooting. He, he flourished on a Warriors team that had shooting. The Lakers have like zero shooters. I mean, Reeves, I guess, but finally, right. One guy who can shoot, um, you leave, you get D'Angelo Russell off the team. Who's going to play point guard? Is it going to be LeBron? Is it going to be Austin Reeves? That's definitely a conversation you need to have, but I think there's a serious, serious chance Draymond could be going to the Lakers. I really think so. Armani Buckets, you know, listen, one of the all-time great champions in this league. When you talk about a guy who kind of changes the culture of a team, I mean, we, we joked about that with Pat Bev, uh, but Draymond, uh, he, he has that same respect in the locker room, and the big difference between him, him and Pat Bev is obviously he's a champion. Do you like this potential move? Uh, well, first of all, Draymond has that potential impact, but he's only done it in one situation. You enter Draymond in another situation with a different set of guys. He may, you know, his message may be lost upon a different team and different teammates. Um, but the thing with me is Steve Kerr said it best. They are not a championship team without Draymond. They are not contenders without Draymond. How much does Stephen Curry matter to this organization? It seems yeah. like a tremendous amount. And Curry being 36 next year, I know that Draymond just opted out. I still would be surprised if they let him go. I feel like this is a move for Draymond to get more years and more security. I know there's been a lot of tension amongst Draymond and the Warriors with the Jordan Poole incident this last year. But I mean, if Steve Kerr is saying it publicly about how much this man means to the organization, I would be surprised if he's gone. But yeah, maybe where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, a lot of people on social media saying Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. I just think that he's going to stay a warrior, and I think he'll be a warrior forever. You brought up a, a, a good point, however. I, I think when the ship is about to sail, and you know that you're on the Titanic, and I'm not saying that he, he feels that way. When you guys watch the Warriors, and again, they came back in that Game 7, and we watched that together against the Kings, do you have a feeling that this run is done? Because that is the conversation that you have to have. If you're Draymond, do you want to go somewhere where you think you have a chance to win at least one more title? And again, he's not... He wouldn't be title chasing. This little Lakers team, you know, got swept in the Western Conference finals. They didn't make the playoffs two years ago. So could you say, hey, listen, I, I, I think Steph is older. I don't think Clay's what he used to be. I, obviously, I, I don't think Poole's going to be the player that we thought he was. Again, we, we do have to talk about the punch, too. I mean, wh wh how do things change if, if that situation d does not happen? Do you think the Warriors run is done? Because if you think it is, and Draymond perhaps thinks that it could be, I think that's the time when you're like, okay, this we've run our course here. It's time for me to go somewhere else. I think it's going to be very, very difficult for them to reach the mountaintop again. The, the thing with this Golden State team, though, is they can still, if they want to, they can still move Jonathan Kuminga. They can still move Jordan Poole, although his value is not going to be that high right now. They still have moves to make to potentially be a championship-level team, but that's also not taking into account the second apron. The second apron is going to handcuff so many teams in so many different ways. We may see teams like Golden State have to just salary dump guys like Jordan Poole just to avoid the second apron. 
Um, yeah, it's going to be really hard to get back to the mountaintop, but what's his alternative? You go to an unknown situation, you may end up kind of ruining the twilight of your career, given the fact that if he goes to another team and he sucks, then it's going to be, oh my God, your whole career was made by Curry and Thompson. You're not actually that good. I don't know if he'll he'll care about that narrative, but I'm sure that that narrative would happen if he struggles in a new destination. Brandon, do you agree with that? Because as I was watching the Warriors during this postseason, I, mean, I think that they gave all that they could, but there was nothing about their run that led me to believe that if they run this back, they can win a title. Yeah, um... I don't think I don't think the Warriors are even going to be a top seven team in the West next year. I think it's only getting better. Uh, perhaps that's that's um, a little irresponsible to say, considering the consistency they've displayed over the past decade. But um, now Steph Curry's going to be great. He's thirty five. He's getting older. He's not going to decline next year. But I think in a couple of years he could for sure decline. Clay Thompson, we already see, saw decline in that Lakers series. He was abysmal, atrocious. And I doubt he has the season he had last year. That's a big thing. I think the big the big uh, jump for the Warriors would be Poole. Uh, how is he going to improve? They have to keep him. No one's going to want him unless they tr- sign and trade him for Aiton, but, uh, which is a possibility. But then, you know, this, why would the Suns do that? Then they have like five guards, you know, and no centers. So... I, I do think that Oklahoma City is probably going to be a little bit better than them. New Orleans, if they're healthy. Well, we got to see what's going to happen with New Orleans in the draft because they're going to move Zion Williams, and it looks like, for Scoot. Um, so perhaps not them immediately. But there's going to be a lot of teams better than them, uh, Arash. And I, I just don't know that the Warriors are ever going to be the same. Bob Myers is leaving. It's kind of like a train wreck waiting to happen. And especially if Draymond, who's the engine of that train, leaves – Oh, I would say they're not even going to be a top 10 team in the West. I would go as far to say. I mean, he makes the whole offense run. And by the way, when when you hear a guy like Bob leave, uh, people think, well, he didn't play, he didn't coach. When Jerry West left the Lakers, that was the beginning of the end for them. Why? Because there was distrust with Jerry. Jerry was a big reason that Kobe and Shaq got along. With Bob Myers, I think a lot of the players really trusted him. They, they, he, he, he wasn't just a regular GM. Um, so if, if, if Bob leaving is sort of the beginning of a lot of players thinking, hey, listen, we had an amazing run, historic run, but this is the, the end of the line. I, I, listen, if Draymond Green leaves, that is sort of the beginning of this. I think, I think that's sort of the, the beginning of guys saying, hey, this was a great run. We could see Clay go somewhere else. I think Steph is with the Warriors for life. I don't think there's a need for him to go. But real quick before we get to break, Brandon, the quickest way some of these teams can improve will be the draft. Um, Again, we'll continue to to do this as we get to the draft night. What's what's changing? Again, the big big story that that I keep, I'm trying to wrap my um, head around, Scoot Henderson, A, he should be the number two pick, I, I think. But uh, there's a lot of teams trying to trade up to the number three pick now. If Scoot drops from two to three, there is a line of teams trying to get involved there. I think that's why a lot of teams are now talking to Charlotte, too. Um, because Lamelo and Zion is very enticing, right? And I'm sure that's why New Orleans is talking to them and Portland. David Griffin's not a moron. 
he knows Zion isn't on the court. He has off the court issues now. He's not healthy. He's not the player they wanted and envisioned for him. And why would they trade a guy like Brandon Ingram, who looked like Kevin Durant in his prime in that last month of the season? He was averaging 30 points per game, playing some good on-ball defense, single-handedly leading that team. So I think there's going to be a lot. Uh, and Scoot is going to be a superstar, 10-plus time All-Star, in my opinion. So I think that's why they make the move and trade an established star like Zion. Yeah, draft night should be fun. Um, again, I, I, I'll be very interested, and we'll talk about this in the next segment. What do the Lakers do? And the reason that this is a big kind of um, story for us is because they, they have drafted very well. They have drafted very well. That being said, though, though, they've drafted well regardless of their draft pick. They've also signed well. There are certain guys that they're targeting that they're working out this week and, and last week that will not be drafted. And if there's a name that you want to you know, talk about in terms of like uh, what they're trying to do, look at Austin Reeves, an undrafted player. Again, he wasn't a star his, his first season, but they have a really good job. They, they do a very good job selecting these guys, pinpointing who these guys are, bringing them in. They play for the South Bay Lakers. They, they get some time, and then look what they do again. Not enough was talked about. They're scouting talent development with that team. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by a good friend from the Sporting Tribune, Grant Mona, will be joining us when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, I just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii. Call our hotline 310 310- 400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline and join our good friend of the Sporting Tribune, Grant Molina. Grant, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Uh, it's not really great in La La Land right now. We have Chris Paul back to the Clippers. We have Chris Paul to the Lakers. We have guys opting out. We have guys getting traded. We have the Dodgers in third place, and the Angels are just streaking along. I, I know Brandon's pretty happy about that one. So uh, listen, I, I don't. I'm not a superstitious guy, but I will say, since Brandon became uh, the beat guy for the Angels, they've been on a heck of a run. And Grant, since you've been on the beat for the Dodgers, uh, they've not played so well. <laughs> Grant, well, let's start with the Dodgers. Um, listen, we, we you've you've talked about it. You you've definitely hammered it home in your takeaways and the Sporting Tribune bullpen is absolutely atrocious. They may be getting some help. 
Uh, our teammate Claudia Gestero with the Sporting Tribune did an exclusive with Dave Roberts, who said that Julio Urias could be back by the end of the month. But Grant, what's going on with the Dodgers? By the way, 15 to nothing at home. Worst home shutout loss in franchise history. Absolute embarrassing. Grant, what's going on with the Dodgers? Uh, yeah, well, I, I don't think you know. I've been I've been hammering at home, like you said, about the bullpen for a long time, and while that is one of the main issues, it's not the only issue. There's a lot of issues with this team, whether it be the decision making. I know Dave Roberts has a lot on his plate to get through, and Dave Roberts has been doing a pretty good job, you know, amidst all of the issues that they've had with their roster construction. Um, but the lineup, again, throughout a dud. I mean, I, I know you probably can't score 15 runs to match <laughs> the 15 they gave up. But, you know, you can at least put up a fight and keep your, your team in it. They didn't do any of that. They didn't score a single run. They've been outscored, uh, you know, in a lot of these series. Even if they win the series, they've been outscored in some of them. Uh, so, you know... There's there's a lot of issues, mainly being the bullpen. I mean, the bullpen again just did not do their job. Bobby Miller, even he, you know, he was their their best pitcher. He was on a 20 consecutive scoreless inning streak, and then he gave up seven and runs. That's never a good sign. I mean, obviously, Bobby Miller is going to have rookie mistakes. He's not going to be you know like that all year. He's going to have some some growing pains, and that was his worst start so far. It just came at the worst time because this is just a mess right now. The Dodgers are in third place for the first time since. 2018 and you know there is reason for optimism because in 2018 they went to the world series but they did have to make moves they got manny machado that year at the trade deadline they made some moves there so they're gonna have to do something like that if they want to remain relevant and if not you know i've been saying this a lot if not you're gonna find yourself even going further down because the padres are playing better ball they just took two out of three against the rays who are the best team in baseball the giants have won seven in a row the diamondbacks we all know are pretty good so that division you know before the season you could say oh that division's not that good you're gonna have maybe two teams now there's four teams in contention in that division and around the league look at the reds like i've been saying the reds are one game out of out of first place they've won seven or eight in a row so you look around the NL and you're like, okay, it's early, but it's getting a little bit late for the Dodgers. So a lot of reason for concern, but there's also reason for optimism. Like I said, in 2018, when they're in third, they got better and they made the World Series. So it is possible to have a Laker type of trade deadline and, and get back <laughs> into it. That's not going to happen. Um, I think I think what's what's happening a lot is Friedman is so smart. I think other GMs are just kind of catching up with him and his boy genius. And I, I respect Friedman. I still think he's one of the brightest minds in the MLB. But I, what I think is I just think everybody else in analytics and, and general management, they're just getting better. Um, they're making better moves. Like, look at the Diamondbacks. They had a complete overhaul of their um, front office. I mean, they, Tony Larusa didn't know where he was half the time when he was in charge of that front office. No, no offense. I mean... But I mean, as Nick Hamilton said, look like Joe Biden up there. No, that's what, that's what he said. That's what he said Friday last week. No, I'm quoting him. I'm not saying I love I love, I love President Biden. Um, but uh, going back to the D-backs, they had an overhaul and now they got Corbin Carroll. They have all these guys in their well-run organization. Zaidi, who was Friedman's uh, guy underneath him, is now perhaps a better GM than him. He missed out on Arson Judge or Aaron Judge, whatever you want to call it, from the Twitter thing. Um, missed out on Carlos Correa after reportedly both signing both of those guys, and they're even better. They're better than the Dodgers already. They have a more, they have a way better pen, by the way. The ball is unhittable, 
Taylor Rogers is great, or is that Tyler Rogers? I don't know which one. They're brothers. But um, the Dodgers, man, I, even if they get one arm, like let, let's say they go after the White Sox arms, like Graveman and Hendricks, I still don't think they're even going to get uh, 85 wins right now. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, they will lose every game their starter does not go six or seven innings. Like, it's gotten to that point. That's yeah. That I mean, it, it is so frustrating to watch. And I, I'm watching that game, fifteen to nothing. Obviously, I didn't watch the entire game, but I'm thinking, oh my god, what a what an absolute dud that was. All right, listen, we do have to talk about the NBA because Grant, <clears throat> your favorite former Clipper, could could be coming back home. Chris Paul, CP3. <laughs> listen, we don't know where he's actually gonna go. And Chris Haynes, uh, good friend, but uh, has not always gotten some of his reporting. 100% right on this front. Again, he said that Chris Paul got waived. He didn't get waived. He actually ended up getting traded. Now he's saying that Chris Paul could be rerouted as if you're on a G GPS system, could be rerouted to the Clippers. Don't know how that deal would go. Uh, Grant, I don't know if Chris Paul is the missing piece for this team, but your thoughts on that? Uh, there's there's <laughs> a lot, lot to dissect here. I mean, first of all, uh, I, I want to mention the Bradley Beal trade before anything, because the Bradley Beal trade for, you know, there, there's a lot of talk about, you know, you know, what did Washington get back and, and where's Chris Paul going and are they going to wave him and all this stuff. But in, in my opinion, the number one thing here is that I don't think this helps the Suns that much, as much as people are, are saying the Suns issue last year was depth and defense. They did nothing to help that, and now they have a 47, I think, $47 million contract added on to that payroll. And then, not just that, but who are you going to get? I guess you could re-sign Terrence Ross. You could re-sign the guys that you had last year, but those guys didn't contribute anything in the playoffs. And, you know, say what you want about Bradley Beal. He's still an excellent player. He can still get you buckets, but his availability may be just as bad as Chris Paul. Over the past three years, he's he hasn't been available, and his three-point shot was at 40% before 2019. It has been 35% over the past few years, and that's something that the Suns really needed was a three-point guy. We know Kevin Durant can shoot the mid-range. We know Devin Booker can shoot the mid-range. Bradley Beal's kind of the same player. I mean, he can't. He was a good shooter, and he's still a good shooter. He can get to the rim. He can create his own shot. But I think for the Suns, that's just I. I don't understand. I think it's because of the new owner. The new owners are saying, "Let's just get every star possible and go all in with all these contracts, and then just figure everything else out." And I don't think that's the right move. I just wanted to say that you know, as a forehand, you know, the second thing is the Chris Paul thing to the Clippers just. It does make sense basketball-wise, but for a team that just went through injuries to both of their stars, it's just it's mind-boggling that the front office wants to go this route again. And for the Lakers, I can understand if it, maybe it's a vet minimum and you're backing up Austin Reeves, but I guarantee you Chris Paul is probably not going to come off the bench if, if he's going to a contender. He's probably going to want to play a lot, and then you have to manage his minutes. It's a tricky situation for, for both of those teams because they've had their injury their injury issues already and you're going to go put them out next to Kawhi and Paul George or next to LeBron and AD who have been known to be injury prone. You have to manage his minutes anyways. Uh, why not get somebody younger? Why not just sign your guys and maybe just sign Dennis Schroeder back? Why not just sign Russell Westbrook back? Who's been known? Yes, you can say what you want about his shooting. He was a available. He was the be one of the best players in the playoffs last year as the number one option on that team. So, it's just so mind-boggling. The only way it's a W 
is if they can get off of the Marcus Morris contract and the Eric Gordon contract. That is the only reason I see this as a W if they get themselves into this trade. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I wanted to ask Arash a quick trivia question about the Suns. Do <laughs> you right. know, Arash, who the consultant to Matt Ishbia is, the Suns owner? Well, I just read that. Is that his son? Or mm -hmm. is his his... They're connected, he, right? Or no? He might be. No, no. I think you're thinking of the agency. Oh, thing. the Bradley Beal thing. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. His consultant for his decision making is Isaiah Thomas. NBA oh, Isaiah Thomas. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because you covered the league when Isaiah was with the Knicks. How was Isaiah as a well, decision maker? Not good. But listen, like Isaiah was a train wreck on and off the court. I mean, again, you guys. Uh, probably are aware of the sexual harassment also like they had to deal with that so like gone the court disaster obviously by the way like anyone associated with the Knicks post 2000 has been a disaster so it's not just Isaiah Thomas but no he was an unmitigated disaster with the Knicks but it was a non and when I look at Isaiah Thomas I don't know how he's still in the league and again I guess maybe he's not officially he's a consultant but um Here's what happens, though. When you get a, a job like this, you want to go after your childhood heroes. And obviously, Matt is from Detroit. He played at Michigan State, won a national championship there. And Isaiah Thomas was no doubt one of his players. I mean, his favorite guys. I mean, I promise you, if I ever had a, a, a team, I'd say Wayne Gretzky with the, you know, if I had a hockey team, Magic Johnson, like, you would want to work with one of your favorite guys. The problem there is, not a very good decision maker. You're you're one hundred percent right. At the time when Isaiah was with the Knicks, he wanted to zag when everybody was zigging. He he yeah. went with the with the traditional big man lineups that weren't working. Meanwhile, everybody else was trying to get into the new era and new age, and now you're seeing it again. And we don't know how you know culpable and responsible he is for the decisions that they're making. But he is sitting next to Ishbi at these games. He is in his ear a lot, and it just, if I was a Suns fan, that would terrify me. Regarding the Chris Paul stuff, you know, the John Wall situation. John Wall went from this guy that was a big offseason addition to all of a sudden he can't find himself on an NBA team midseason. I think we could see the same thing with Chris Paul. On a vet minimum contract, if he does end up signing that, he might end up being out of the league by midseason, which would be really sad for one of the game's legends, but I think it's realistic. I really yeah. hope not. You know, I mean, by the way, remember when Chris Paul got traded, it was the Houston deal, uh, got traded to the Thunder, and we all thought they would buy him out, and maybe at that point he would end up with the Lakers. That didn't happen. I'm not saying... Um, he's going to be the same player he was with them. And again, I mean, he he really led that Thunder team into, uh, I forgot, I think they made it into the postseason. If not, yeah. they, they got close. But um, what do you, okay, wait, because we need to talk about this in, in the first segment. There's a lot of, and again, anytime a star player becomes available, obviously the, the Lakers are attached to him. Could Chris Paul help the Lakers? I, I, I'm not, I don't think so when I, I look at the team that they have i'm not saying that they're a chris paul away from contending brandon and when you look at the teams that chris paul could potentially go to if he got bought out and then it's his choice at that point uh could he help the lakers 
Absolutely. Um, at first, I was always like, well, this guy's never won. He's never really contributed to winning uh, when it mattered. Um, but if they can get him for a vet minimum, um, he plays 20, 25 minutes a game, provides decent on-ball defense. I know he's getting older. His lateral quickness and explosiveness are down. His mid-range shot isn't, isn't the same, but he can get guys open. Um, Reeves would get more open looks. Uh, the pick-and-roll game, he's still pretty good in. Uh, I know he's old, but if you get him on a vet minimum, that's probably the best guy you can get on a vet minimum, in my opinion. So uh, for the Clippers and Lakers purposes, the Clippers would get him via trade. Uh, they wouldn't get him um, based on his own decision. They would have to send like Marcus Morris and a pick or something for Chris Paul, which you want to give a pick, a pick too, just to get Morris off the team? Yes. He hates Morris so much. <laughs> Dude, if you saw hey, Morris uh, on hey. the street, would you go up to him and ask him, what, like, what's your problem? Can you hey, leave the Clippers? Listen, listen, I have a gauge on how Clipper fans feel, how they care about the players, who they... Clipper fans do not want Marcus Morris on the team. Uh, like I went to almost every home game, and you could hear free Roco chants and groans every time. What about, what about that Morris guy who sat, who sat next to us all the time, who who hated Morris? Yeah, Remember there that was guy? A, there was a season ticket holder that sat next to me, and he took his kid. And I feel so bad for the kid because this guy was just groaning and moaning every time Marcus Morris touched the ball. <laughs> the poor kid just wanted to watch some basketball. That is how fans feel about this team right now. And I'm just saying it as as a as somebody that knows this team. That's all I'm saying. Grant, I have a random question for you because you are a die. I mean, when I say die hard, we'll, we'll get texts from Grant in the uh, cheap seats, you know, up, and it's like I'm here tonight. And then I can imagine the groans from Grant when he sees Marcus Morris start or play. Give me your uh, give me your top five teams. I know so your Clippers, Dodgers. Tell me your top five teams. Yeah, so I mean, I I'm Clippers, Dodgers, um, you know, Rams, obviously, yeah. um, USC. I I'm very excited for USC. Yeah. Um, you know, I I covered the Sparks a few days ago. I'm starting to get more into WNBA, oh, so go. obviously that the King. You know, what? the the Golden Knights have, have kind of won me over from the I Kings because I used to yeah. be Kings, but man, I love Vegas. I love the Golden Knights. Obviously, they won the title, so I don't want to be one of those people that just chases the rings. But um, yeah, you know, I look, I I. Fully engulf myself in every sport. I know bandwagon. That's the thing that <laughs> Wait, people say. By the way, so the, I, I, I'm right with you there. I, for me, it's a little bit different. Where I was assigned to cover that team, or I, they assigned me to Vegas, and they said Vegas is going to get a hockey team. So at that team, at that point, they had no name. So I really become attached to, to this team because you, you get to know them from before they had a name, before they had players. Uh, that that parade was an all-timer, by the way. <laughs> While Bill Carlson was an all-time <laughs> speech, and uh, we can't obviously play it for you because he's cursing up a storm, one of the all-time great parades, uh, just an amazing speech there. Um, but yeah, listen, no, I, I, I totally agree with you in terms of, by the way, that's the beauty of Vegas, that no one hates Vegas, kind of, you know? So you're, you're like, well, listen, I have my team, but when I go to Vegas, which is, such a short flight. It's a short drive, and you kind of support those teams as well. Um, all right, we got to close out here because uh, there's a lot of talk. Draymond Green declining his his player option, and of course, he is a a client of Clutch Sports. Of course, he's a client of Rich Paul. Of course, he's a good friend. They have a great bromance with LeBron James. Grant, if Draymond thinks that the Warriors' run is over, and listen, we we don't know. We, I think we kind of do at this point, but the full extent of that punch with Jordan Poole, if that's just not a situation he wants to be involved with and he wants to leave, 
Could you see Draymond Green joining LeBron James with the Lakers? I can. I just I am baffled because he declined so much money. It was a $27.4 million player option. And usually when you see something like that, the guy usually gets a bigger deal. So, you know, and that's a lot of money to turn down. Usually guys don't turn down those player options. My thing is it's probably going to be either a sign and trade or a rework of the deal. I, I don't I don't think that he's just gonna go to another team outright. I think that you know, something that maybe I could see happening is a DeAndre Ayton for Draymond Green sign and oh, trade. Wow. <laughs> because we can see oh, look, I know you're gonna say it it probably doesn't work for the Warriors, it probably doesn't work for you know it Oh Lost Grant there for a You'll, second. Oh, there we go. Sorry, Grant, we lost you there for oh, one second. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. So, you know, for the Suns, I just think it works great with the Draymond Green thing. I think Draymond Green going to the Suns would be good for them. And if they want to move off of Aiton, that's kind of what you want to do. You want to get a guy that's proven, a guy that can bring dog on defense. He's awesome in the in the, in the the locker room. I know sans the Jordan Poole thing. But, you know, when he is on a great team and he's with guys that he likes, he loves Kevin Durant, that makes a lot of sense. And for DeAndre Aiton on the Warriors, Maybe it doesn't move the needle, but if you're gonna, you know, leave with without Draymond Green anyways and go this this next team without them, why not try to look for a guy that can you can maybe develop like a James like James Wiseman was a guy that I thought could develop. And if you get Aiden, maybe you can turn him into a good player. I don't know, but I just think it'll be a sign in trade or or something. They'll work out something. I don't think it'll be outright for Draymond. By the way, I loved LeBron. I'm sure you guys saw his post. Subtweeting, sub Instagram posting. This you, you have to make up something where you don't subtweet someone. You put it on Instagram. And uh this isn't a rivalry yet, but what, what Michael Malone said about the Lakers and the fact that they continued it during the parade, uh LeBron will come back. And that first game against the Denver Nuggets is gonna be fantastic. Our running buckets I'll close with you. I, well, listen, they, they, they played in the Western Conference Vitals because I've always said you need to play in the playoffs before it's a rivalry. Could we be seeing a rivalry here? Well, I think when we brought up the Warriors-Grizzlies thing, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Arash, but you said that the teams have to equally or, you know, there has to be some sort yeah, of... Yeah, they got to play. Yeah, so listen, if they play again this year and or next season... And the Lakers win. Then it's a rivalry. There's a give and take. If if it's one-sided, it's not. But the bad blood has to spill onto the court, I think, a little bit. It can't just be the coach against the star player. It has to be some of the players have to get involved in it for it to actually be a rivalry. But it could happen for sure. There's definitely stuff brewing under the surface between those two teams. By the way, if you guys had not seen it, go to thesportingtribune.com. We have great video footage. And photos of the of Denver celebrating in Vegas. Because listen, you, you have to go to Vegas. Whether you're the Golden Knights, yeah. or whether you're the Denver Nuggets, you got to go to Vegas to celebrate. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, "Stay safe, and stay healthy." This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.